Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to yet another episode of the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Ryan Michaels here with your boy, Chip Tiernan. What a joke. Look, I just want to start it off by saying Matt Patricia is gone. Sean Desai is gone. And now Brian Johnson is gone. Nick Sirianni has kept his job. For now, there's a press conference tomorrow. But it's probably going to be what the game plan is moving forward. They're obviously looking for new offensive and defensive coordinators. And there's rumor that more staff are leaving because they're upset that Brian Johnson was fired. I mean, I'm going to be frank here. What did they expect? Can I can you can you give me your opinion on that one, Chris? Um, I don't know. I, I think I think some of them were probably holding out hope that that Brian Johnson would stay. Um, I said it last week that I had a feeling that he might. Uh, obviously, I'm glad that he's gone. But yeah, I just think I think some people, you know, people obviously like him. Uh, you know, he's he's a respected guy in the locker room, which you know I understand that. Again, I, I've been saying this for the last month and a half it's just you know we tried it didn't work out okay it's just i'm sorry it it just didn't work you know we have to you can't just if it doesn't work doesn't work you have to move on so i think guys uh you know respect him a ton and uh, i think they're probably holding out hope that he would stay um so they're probably upset but you know it it is what it is it's a it's a business and we, we have to move on uh because you know, there has to be some sort of consequence for what transpired. Well, let's talk about what's going to transpire. How about this? The Eagles are going to be looking for a new offensive and defensive coordinator. Did you see the list of DCs that have come out? I know you mentioned the OCs. I've heard a couple names from D- for the DCs. I haven't seen a full list. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen I've seen a few names thrown out there uh, on both sides of the ball. So I know they interviewed Ron Rivera uh, already. Um, Don't hate that, by the way. Not a great head coach. Excellent defensive mind. Yeah, I, I don't mind it either. But uh, I'm sure they'll they'll do their due diligence and and they're, they'll interview a few more guys here and there uh, for for both positions. So um, it's kind of the, it's really still the beginning of us searching. Um, but yeah, there's, there's been names rumored and thrown out there, um, for both jobs. So we'll, we'll kind of go over those as we get into the bulk. Uh, in other news, Joel Embiid dropped 70 points last night. Joel Embiid is him. Joel Embiid is having a better year than last year. And the only reason that he might not win MVP is because he might miss too many games. Yeah. So he had 70 points. 70. Good God, man. That's wild. That's absolutely insane. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that, but he is. It, it makes me happy. 
He's probably he's the first player. This is super off topic. That like, I don't know why I'm one of those toolkits that buys the city edition every year because I think you know it, it's something neat. You know, it gives me something to do, and I wear jerseys a lot, so it's it adds to my collection. Every city edition I have is uh, Joel Embiid, and they're never going to lose value now. I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, he's insane. <clears throat> I mean. 70. The fans were booing when anyone else took a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, dude, it's like that's 70 points is an unbelievable amount. Like, you know, I saw, I don't know if it was a tweet or an Instagram post, but I think Tyrese Maxey was like, what Joel Embiid is doing right now. Just don't take it for granted. Um, you know, he's right. Uh, you know, we, we, this is... Uh, it's one of the best players we've, we've had in this franchise in the history of the entire city. So, yeah, it, it's something special. And, I mean, I, it's just... It's 70 points is mind-boggling. We are witnessing greatness, and I feel like some people don't appreciate it. Yeah. And... There's a NBA Twitter is the oh, NBA X is the wildest place in the world. Yeah. You get a bunch of people arguing in the comments, calling each other Lil Bro. And they just keep trying to one up each other. It nothing makes sense. <laughs> and then, you know what I noticed? Uh, someone tried to call Joel Embiid a free throw merchant last night on one of the NBA feeds. And then someone put stats up of Giannis's big game this year. And he had 32 free throws and Joel Embiid only had 23. He's like, so even if he didn't, he would have still had almost 50 points. Uh huh. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey. Yeah, I mean, we were... You know, as the game was going on, I mean, he had 34 points at halftime. I think he had 26 in the first quarter. 24. In the 24 first. in the first quarter. So, I, I mean, yeah, he was on a historic pace. Uh, you know, he had 34 points at half. I'm like, all right, he'll probably, he, he might get, he, I was like, he might get 50. And then I saw a report that said 70. I'm like, huh? So it was just. We were talking yeah. when I said that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, this is unbelievable. It was wild. But sorry, hey, sorry, Pop. Okay, first off, why would you use the line "We're gonna hammer his ass"? What, like, where does that come from? Like, can't you think of anything better? You know, something that the internet wouldn't manipulate to obviously be just a weird quote. Now, the funny part honest. was. I don't think Pop cares. Yeah, I, he doesn't. He actually doesn't care. <laughs> I'm trying not to swear. That's uh, but yeah, you don't care at all. And why the, would? He? Well, the I was going to say the funny thing is after the game, the Sixers tweeted out three hammer emojis. Yeah. <laughs> with Joel Embiid, so and he and it was uh, Joel Embiid's face photoshopped onto the Michael Jordan. Uh, picture from the the last dance it's like and i took that personally <laughs> yeah 
But all right. Uh, moving on, uh, Flyers had a bad loss to the Senators this uh, this weekend, and then uh, Carter Hart just went out indefinitely for a personal matter. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to speculate on that. I'm going to let the news come out on that one, so I'm not even going to talk about that again. I'm just going to say that that happened. And uh, literally just got reported like 20 minutes ago as we record this. So I was on the train on the way home from work. Yeah. So, but hey, weird, but yeah, not going to speculate. No, don't don't speculate because there's already assume. people speculating, and if you've looked online, you know what I'm talking about. So let's let that play out and let's see what happens because yeah, I don't know what it could be. But with that, I got nothing left. What you say, Chippe? Let's get the rocky music. You're listening to a Philly Sports Nation production, enhancing your Philly sports experience. Let's get in the huddle and talk some post-apocalyptic birds, baby. Go birds. Go birds. All right. Well, we had a uh, couple of firings since we last recorded. Uh, Brian Johnson, Sean Desai. Uh, Matt Patricia technically wasn't fired. He just was never under contract. Thank Um, God. Uh. And now we have to figure out who the new offensive coordinator is and the new defensive coordinator is. And, you know, I I don't know. Uh, l- l- let's start off with offensive coordinator. Uh, Chip, you had uh, prepared a list of guys that uh, you saw that they were looking into. Um who were some interesting names off that list? Well, I want to give credit to, I think it's Eagles Wire. Uh, they wrote an article. Yeah, Eagles Wire. Um, you, EaglesWire.usatoday.com. Uh, seven realistic OC candidates for the Eagles to target. Number one. Well, let me just, okay. Let me just go over some of the intriguing options. I won't go over the whole list. Uh, the first one's Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, as a lot of you know, Ron Rivera was fired for for the Commanders' uh, head coaching job, so probably going to assume that Eric Bieniemy is gone as well. Um, that's the biggest one that is on this list, in my opinion. Another one I would was intrigued by was T Martin. He's the Ravens quarterback coach. Um, you know, worked with Lamar Jackson. Uh, the only reason I'm hesitant is because Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts are not the same player. Um, you know, I think that Lamar Jackson has a better arm than Jalen Hurts. I think he, you know, he's more athletic than Jalen Hurts. Um, so yeah. Now, I do like that they run the ball. They they ran the ball a lot in Baltimore, but you know, 
how much is that on the quarterback coach? Um, and then another one I was intrigued by was Daryl Bevel. He's the Dolphins quarterback coach slash passing game coordinator for the Dolphins. So worked with Tua. Um, again, different player than Jalen Hurts, but kind of similar games. Tua doesn't run as much as Jalen Hurts does. Um, but, you know, Tua has a nice arm. Um, and, you know, is 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 somewhat responsible for for continuing the development of, of um, Tua Tungalela. So, yeah, I, I think those are the top three guys on this list um, that I was intrigued by. Another one potentially is Zach Robinson. He's the Rams quarterback coach slash passing game coordinator. You know, I mean, anytime you get someone who was under Sean McVay uh, is most likely a plus, uh, you know, work with Matt Stafford. Um, you know, Matt Stafford has been a really good quarterback, so it would be interesting. Um, but, yeah, the three I named previously would probably be the most intriguing at this point. There's other options as well, um, but that's that that's who's on this list. So, I think the Biennemi one is kind of one to look out for. I mean, what he had in Washington was not – an ideal offense. I mean, don't get me wrong. They had weapons, but Sam Howell was the gunslinger in that offense. So say what you want about the enemy. And yeah, some people said, Oh, he was exposed, but would you be thrilled with Sam Howell being the quarterback behind your system? Yeah. I, I think the thing with Eric the is he's pass heavy. Um, and, you know, I think, us Philadelphians want a more run-heavy offense. Um, but I wouldn't be mad. Uh, I think if Eric Bieniemy did come in, I think him and Jalen Hurst would kind of have to build that chemistry, obviously. Um, See, and I, I, there, there's a part of me that does somewhat disagree in that regard. I mean, when you saw him in Kansas City, I, I think being pass-heavy is one thing, but having the passing scheme open for Jalen would be great. And then when there's nothing there, it would allow Jalen to do what he does best. And that's what realize that there is nothing and take off very similarly to how Patrick Mahomes always has. Yeah. I think, I think the difference is, is the quarterback though. You know, I'm, I don't want to be this guy, but Jalen hurts is not Patrick Mahomes. I I understand, but the running ability is. Oh, it's there. Than Mahomes is. Yeah, no, it is. It, it's it, he's, he's, He's definitely a better he's he's a better athlete than Patrick Mahomes is. Um, Mahomes but, has a gun though. I mean that that yeah, arm is a cannon. He has he, Jalen Hurts' arm is nowhere close to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to discredit Patrick Mahomes. I was going off more of the when there's nothing there. I think Jalen Hurts is more elusive than Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. Let's that not is, even make that, that is, argument. I think that is true. But I think when when this Eagles offense is running on all cylinders, they have to be running the ball successfully. And that's when that's when the pass game is set up. That's when guys get open for Jalen Hurts. And that's when he can make the easy read and get, those guys are open. I think that's when Jalen Hurts is at his best. But that's when this offense is at the best. You know, that's that's what the this offense is designed to do. Again, even with even if Jason Kelsey does retire, it's not confirmed yet, but I'm going to assume that he probably is. Even with J- Jason Kelsey retiring, I still think we re- we have one of the best offensive lines in the league. And when when you like it, 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 you could put anyone back there 
at running back, and they would probably be successful running the ball for, for the most part. So that's that's why they were so good last year, and they just they would just go away from what worked this past year. Um, and that's when that's when this offense is at its best at at its best. Um, but yeah, I was saying to you before the podcast started, I just like whoever it is, I just want a guy who who will play to Jalen Hurts' strengths because that's so huge in today's NFL. The the majority of reasons why teams, I mean, they have good players, obviously, but an, another big thing is just because of the scheme. And it just works for the quarterback and it works for the offense. I mean, you know, look at the team's left, uh, uh, the Ravens. I mean, they run, they run a, a, an offense that is made for Lamar Jackson, the 49ers, that offense is made for Brock Purdy he dinks and dunks because they have, he, he has so many playmakers around them that can do <clears> the stuff for him. I mean, even look at the lions, they played a J- Jared Goff strengths. I mean, they have, you know, guys over the middle. That's what Jared Goff does. He throws the ball over the middle with accuracy. And they run the ball effectively. And, you know, who who else the other team in the other? Oh, I mean, obviously the Chiefs, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think scheme is such a huge part of being successful in this league. And you have we have a guy, like I said this last week, in my opinion, who could who can win a Super Bowl for you in Jalen Hurts. You just have to get a guy in here and a coaching staff around him that plays to his strengths. And that's that's how you know the sky's the limit for this team when they do that. Look, I I think one of the things that I looked at this year, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I think we might have even talked about this many weeks ago. It felt like this season, especially before the collapse, the Eagles would come out, have a pretty decent first drive. Yeah. And then nothing. Yep. It's like they plan for the first drive and that's it. Yeah, they would have a game plan and be like, here's how the first drive's gonna go. They'd be like, okay. And then be like, then what? And they'll be like, oh, that's it. That's all we got. You can't you can't you can't game plan like that. So I mean, other than the enemy, who who would do you think has the best scheme that would fit the current Philadelphia Eagles since the offense is not going to change very much? I think anyone who comes from a run heavy scheme, in my opinion, and uh, you know, some people aren't going to like that, but I just think it's running the, running the ball is so important, especially for this offense. That's when we're at our, at our best. So I think anyone who comes from a run heavy scheme, um, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned the Ravens quarterback coach, but again, that, that offense was so, you know, it, it was so made for Lamar Jackson. That's why he's being so. That's why he's probably going to win the MVP this year. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people are going to look to Eric Bieniemy. Um, but yeah, it, it's you know it's I don't know like who's going to. I've heard Mike Kafka as well. I think he's uh, he might be the Chiefs quarterback coach. Um, I think or maybe someone else. I, I forget. He or he used to be the quarter, quarterback coach for the for the Chiefs. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that, that list is, is mostly all I've heard. And then that's pretty much it. I mean, obviously Frank Reich, his name is thrown around obviously because, you know, he, he's been here before. Um, I heard, I heard a story or not a story, but I heard a quote from somebody said, 
that Nick Sirianni has not even been in contact with Frank Reich. So I don't know how legitimate that that is. Um, could have happened, sure. I, I don't know if Frank Reich is going to be willing to be an OC under his former OC. I mean, I think that'd be a little bit weird. Um, but you never know. It could happen. So uh, that's obviously another big one. But other than that, that's all I've heard. Um, and I'm sure we'll hear more as as the the weeks go on and we eventually hire a replacement. Well, moving on, defensive coordinator. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, another, um, you know, I heard a bunch. I mean, obviously we mentioned it earlier, Ron Rivera got interviewed, wouldn't mind it. Um, you know, see, the, pre- the problem with the defense is the valuing of positions. You know, we've been talking about that for the last few weeks now. A hundred percent. Yeah. Chip and I have been talking about how Howie Roseman just devalues the linebacker position so much that he'd rather not spend any money or draft capital on it and pick up someone off the street and pray that he works out. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that every year. It works sometimes. You know, it worked <laughs> last year with TJ Edwards. Uh, and then he went and got paid and had another great year for the Bears. But it, you can't just, you know, when when one undrafted guy leaves, you can't just replace him with another. It just doesn't work that way. They're not all going to pan out. That's why they went undrafted. Exactly. So, and you might have something that looks like the parking lot that was the middle of the field against right. the Eagles during the last seven games of the season. So, you know, do you want a parking lot or do you want to, I don't know, look at the other winning football teams in the league and think, huh, they have good linebackers. Yeah. That might be important. Or are you the smartest person in the room who skipped over Justin Jefferson in the draft? That was the, the same smartest person in the room said that. Right, Not let's me. Let's go back there. Just saying. But the, these are the same criticisms that we've had of Howie Roseman in years past. You know, it, it's been this roller coaster ride with this guy. And like it, it feels like the tide could turn again. If next season is a is a dumpster fire. Yeah. Absolutely. So here goes the thing. You can't you have to realize that a roster is made up for a reason. You need ability at every position, and just straight up ignoring positions is not getting you anywhere. And yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe when you do get a new defensive coordinator, why don't you make sure that he's not dropping Hassan Reddick back into coverage and kind of letting him do his thing. Yeah. And you have to, I don't know, have someone that's able to cover in the middle of the field in order for that not to happen. So uh, Chip, what was it? What was I looking to say there? Um, do your job. Yeah. Actually, you know, have a competent defense. Uh, don't just ignore positions and hope it works out. Um, you know, maybe figure out a replacement for James Bradbury because um, that didn't work out. Um, they play very passively. They don't tackle. Uh, yeah, defense was a mess this year. And even when we were 10-1, and one, Chip and I have said this in our recordings, they could have easily lost half of those games. Mm-hmm. So... Let's not get all on that. But, like, the difference is with the first half and the second half, like, yeah, they could have lost those games, but they they weren't, 
Like they were playing, they were still playing decent football. They weren't just allowing scoring drives on every single drive like they were at the end of the year. Oh yeah. So like something had to have happened. Um. Well, but, there was a split anyway. between Desai and Patricia and all that. Blah 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 blah. Whoever's fault that is. Apparently it came from above. I don't know. We're never going to know. Someone fell in the sword. Yeah. Whatever. Frankly, I don't really care anymore because they're both gone. Yep. So, yeah. I, I mean, again, same thing with OC. Um, you know, there's been names thrown around. Um, Caldwell's name has been thrown around a lot. Mike Caldwell, you know, because, you know, he was Doug Peterson's defensive coordinator and, you know, Howie Roseman likes a certain type of guy. Um, so I, you know, I'm not really huge on Mike Caldwell. I mean, he was, he was fired for a reason. Um, I've heard a bunch of people, I've heard Denard Wilson, who used to coach here, he was the defensive backs coach, I think last year. Um, and then we let him go. Um, you know, he had another good year. I forget where he was at, but, uh, might've been in, I forget. But, yeah, his name's been thrown around. I heard Brandon Staley, uh, you know, Chargers head coach who got fired. Um, who else did I hear? I saw a bunch of names. I'm sorry, I can't remember <clears throat> off the top of my head. Let me get, let me go let's see if I can find it. Um, there was While like you're a, looking for that, uh, Mike Florio is trying to be a, a troublemaker again. Of course he is. Stop it. No, nobody cares. Shut up. Had to get that out there. Yeah, I mean, so it's always Florio starting some nonsense. It really is. He always starts some BS in the off season. Oh, another one is Wink Martindale. Um, blitz, 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 blitz. Yeah, blitz. that's that's why people want him. And I like, I get it, but you, you can't just blitz every play. Like my dad, shout out my dad. He would love Wink Martindale because he blitzes every freaking play. And that's all my dad wants to do is blitz. Um, but, you know, there's more to this. There's more to defense than just blitzing. Um, so I can't find this thing. Um, let me see. Oh, e- here's Eagles Wire. Let's go back there. There, there was a, They did an article for defensive coordinators, too. So, yeah, Wink Martindale was one of them, obviously. Uh, another one is Leslie Frazier. He was he used to be the Bills defensive coordinator, but he's he's been around for a while. He was the head coach uh, for the Vikings, I believe, um, at one time. Uh, another one is oh, Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator from Michigan, who just won a national title. Um, you know, anytime uh, anytime someone wins a national title. You know, those coordinators are going to get thrown around. Um, Glenn Schumann, the co-defensive coordinator for Georgia. Um, you got Eric Washington. Um, I guess he's the current Bills defensive coordinator. Um, Panthers defensive coordinator, no. Oh, Chris Shula is another one. Uh, he is the Rams linebackers coach. Um, so there's plenty of candidates at this point. Uh, yeah, another one is uh, Jim Leonard, former uh, safety in the league. Uh, he is he 
I think he's like he's a coach for Wisconsin, the, the college. Look, we um, need to not have another rookie coordinator. Yeah, Look, yeah, I agree. we we need we need people who are going to be there, not for just one year. One, I'm sick and tired of the coordinator turnover, and two, actually are competent in their roles. The reason why I think Ron Rivera would be a perfect fit for this is because I don't think he's going to be getting a head coaching job anytime soon. And by that, I mean two or three years. Probably. I like his I like his defensive mind. And guess what? You brought it up to me, too. He focuses on who? Linebackers. Maybe that would change Howard's mind. Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned Denard Wilson already. I think a lot of people like that. Another one is Al Harris. Um Former player, he he uh he's the Cowboys defensive back coach. So there's a few names. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind Denard Wilson. I think they should have kept him. I think they probably should just should have promoted him last year. Um, obviously looking back, uh, we should have done that. But yeah, there's a bunch of names. Um, and um, others that I forgot to mention that I've seen. Um, but I just can't remember off the top of my head right now. But yeah, I mean, if you want to go and see, I'm sure there's articles a bunch uh for a bunch of people out there. But that's some of the names. That's some of the big names um, that have been thrown around. It, I think it'd be funny if we hired Bienemy and Rivera. To uh, <laughs> they both were with Washington last year, um, and they were bad. So look, I, I, I really, I wouldn't hate Denard Wilson. No, I wouldn't hate Denard Wilson. Hate that at all. Um, there's definitely options. Uh, I think there's definitely. I think there's more options for defensive right now. Um, Offensive coordinator is a lot. It's tough. Slimmer pickings. Yes, I agree. Um, But at that point, I mean, I think we've covered all the bases. You know, we know what we're looking for. And then uh, the press conference is tomorrow, so we don't have any more information. And they're going to give it to you tomorrow. So, yeah. But again, the big thing for defense is you have to address these these weaknesses. Um, You know, you can't just continue to just completely abandon certain positions obviously the big ones linebacker but safety as well cornerback as well um you know you know even even edge in my opinion could could use some depth um they they have a lot of work to do on on the defense in my opinion uh and again they they have to they have to address some of these some of these weaknesses they have all right at this point i think we should break the huddle but we're gonna have a lot to talk about Huh. What an off season. Yeah. Still, still a lot, uh, you know, nothing really changed. Um, you know, I'm glad they were, I'm glad they made the move of firing, uh, both coordinators. It's, it sucks. It really does, but you know, it had to change. And, um, you know, this is, uh, I think I saw a tweet from John Clark. I think it was, um, this is the, this is the third straight year that we will have new offensive and defensive coordinators. So, uh, or different off- offensive and defensive coordinators. So it sucks, but that's where we're at, and we have to make changes. Sixers. Joel Embiid. Jo- that's all. Joel Embiid. Mean, that's all. That's it. That's all you need to know. That was just. That was incredible. That was. That was wild. Uh. uh yeah. It's just. Um. Yeah. It, it's it's insane. I don't think I don't think people like are understanding how insane seventy points is in an NBA game. It, it really is that wild when when you think about it. Like that is just an astronomical 
number. If you if you're not convinced, go look up the uh, <clears throat> Kevin Kevin Durant reaction to finding out Joel Embiid had seventy. Seventy. That'll, that'll tell you all you need to know. He had seventy. And Cat had sixty-two. Last and week. lost. And lost. So. And lost. But nobody cares about that because Embiid had seventy. So. Look, I, I mean, the Sixers are at what twenty-nine and thirteen. They're a half a game behind the Bucks for second in the East. And, you know, this, since this is relevant, the Bucks fired their head coach. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't get it. I don't get it either. They're second in the East. Something must have happened. They're, unless there's something that happened within the organization. I can't and here's also what I don't imagine. get. I heard something. That well, the first of all, the, the even weirdest thing is they're considering Doc Rivers. He's like the top option to replace Adrian Griffin, which boggles my mind. But another one that I heard is Mike Budenholzer, who they fired Adrian Griffin, who they fired him to hire Adrian Griffin. And then another one I heard was Terry Stotts. But I, I, I mean, you're second in the East. I think I mean give him a year at least. I, it had to have been just something that happened. I I can't figure out. You're 30 and 13. 30 and 13. Could you imagine being fired with that record? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. I, the Bucks are good. They are. They're very good. Like they're three and a half games out of first. Is that why? Um, the Celtics are also. I hate them, but they're good. Yeah, I hate them too. Like I hate them with everything in me, but they're good. So apparently, there's a there's been a dip in the Bucks production. Uh, this is off NBA.com. Uh, this is a, an article. It just says from NBA.com news services. I don't know who it's written by, so if it is you, I apologize. But um, it says the dip in Milwaukee's defensive pr- performance has raised concerns about the Bucks' viability as a championship contender, even after they acquired seven-time All-Star or seven-time All-NBA guard Damian Lillard. Okay, so they rank 22nd in defensive rating, and apparently it's, it's taken a dip recently. Okay, so you fire your head coach because of it? Yeah, there's uh, something something off there, you know. It's yeah, it, it's uh, Griffin, 49, had spent 16 seasons as, as an NBA assistant, including last five with Toronto, and then uh, he got hired this past offseason to be the Bucks head coach. I mean, he's been around 16 years as an NBA assistant. I think the dude knows what he's talking about. For I mean, I don't know, but. Stas, uh, called something. Um. Yeah, they're saying here's uh, Terry Stotts could be uh, a replacement. Uh, I did hear Doc Rivers as well, and then I heard Mike Budenholzer, who again would it makes zero sense because they fired him and then hired Adrian Griffin to replace him. So I don't know why they would bring Mike Budenholzer back. But anyway, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird situation. Um, but anyway, so back to Embiid being amazing. I'm going to read you off his last seven games yeah, and the last seven uh, points total that he had. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's start off with 70. Yeah. 70 against the Spurs. 
33 against the Hornets, 36 against the Magic, 41 against the Denver Nuggets. Yep. 41 against the Houston Rockets, 30 against the Knicks, and 31 against the Bulls. Even 30 points is great. And you're forgetting to mention that he's playing less than 40 minutes in all these games. That's I was getting there. I, I want to just read through December as well for you. 31, yeah. 51, 40, 42, 35, 41, 34, 38, 50. It's a lot of fives in there. Last night he played 37 minutes, scored 70 points. Against the Hornets, he played he had 33 points in 37 minutes. Against the Magic, 36 points in 31 minutes. He's in the minutes that he's played, he's averaging over a point a minute. Against the Rockets, 41 points in 31 minutes. I mean, that's just that's unheard of. It's wild. He's up to he's up to averaging 36.1 points per game in just 34.2 minutes per game. Now yep. it's inflated because he had 70 friggin' points, but 36 points in 34 minutes play. That's unheard of. And he's shooting 54% from the field. He shoots 36% from three, which is actually respectable for a big man. Actually, it's very respectable. Um, and he averaged 11, 11 and a half uh, rebounds and almost six assists. His passing has improved a yes. ton this year. A hundred percent. But like on top of it, in that 70-point game, there, there was one pass in particular where to Ubre. He goes through the entire lane. Yeah. Through defenders with a bounce pass to Kelly Oubre, who no one's paying attention to. And I didn't even notice it when it was happening. And I'm like, Where, what do you do? Oh. Yeah. That was a sick pass. I don't know what he was practicing on the offseason, but he's on a whole other level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, it's, he's on another level. Um it's been, it's been wild. It's been wild to watch. And, uh, again, don't don't take this for granted because, man, this is a once-in-a-generation type player. And this season specifically has been just unbelievable. Watch the Sixers. Watch the Flyers, which is something that you probably wouldn't have expected to come out of my mouth this time last year. That's true. Um, but I think that they're going to make some moves at the deadline and not the moves people want them to make. I think they're going to try to build some draft capital and get some assets back. Uh, yeah, for the Flyers, definitely. Um, I, I think they sent out a letter to their season ticket holders that were like, look, we're trying to build this thing for the long term, not the short term. And we we're telling you this right now. Yeah, I think, you know, if they weren't performing that well, no one obviously would bat an eye. But, you know, obviously because they're playing so well, people are like, oh, they're playing well. They That means they go for it. That means they or they they buy, they buy, they buy. Not necessarily. It's it's kind of a unique situation. I think I don't think they're going to they're they're not going to buy. But I don't know if they're going to completely sell either. Like they'll may, they might trade some guys to get a few assets, but not as much as you may think. Um because, again, if they can continue this, like how they're playing, they're right there in the playoffs. So, 
it's you know it's an interesting situation to be in. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's it's smart of them to be like, hey, you know, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, we're winning and that's great, but it now's not the time. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's the right call. Yeah, uh, I I am pleasantly surprised with this season. I think last season, looking back on it, the only thing that I called for was a complete overhaul of the way that you're operating, and that's exactly what they've done. Um, I, I was skeptical, as were most people, I would think, because y- you don't go from being a playoff contender to absolute dog bleep in a year you know uh chuck fletcher was an abomination of a gm and i I think that they've righted the ship so far i i want to see this project through at this point and i think the biggest thing for their success has been everyone's buying into what john tutorello is is doing i think for the most part i think they got rid of the guys that weren't really on board with how Torch runs runs things. And the ones who weren't too, he's done a good job of getting them to believe in it. Right. And I think he's done, yeah, he's done a great job because I think he, you know, I'm assuming he was probably like, hey, listen, you know, I'm not, he's probably, he probably wasn't a coach they they were ever accustomed to. Um, But now that he's gotten that, the kind of buy-in that, you need to, um, you're seeing it, you know, you're seeing them play well, you're seeing them just, you know, I mean, obviously the, the, the loss to the senators was a bad loss, uh, this past weekend, but for the most part, yeah, it was, you know, it wasn't great, obviously. Um, but yeah, you're, you're seeing the players buy in, you're seeing them believe, uh, you know, which is something we haven't seen in, in a while. You know, outside of it being a horrible loss, I did one of the oddest goals I've ever seen in my life, where everyone thought the puck was trapped between the goalie and the net, and Igor Zamula was over, just standing next to the puck and just shoots it in while no, <laughs> it, it was really wild. I did see that, yeah. But I look, just watch, be happy that changes have happened, and mm-hmm. I, I think that from what I have seen. Keep the path. That's all. Agreed. And, and appreciate that. They must have right realized now. that they were in dire streets with the fan base, which says something. They that were. means that Comcast Spectator actually was like, "Well, wow. damn, what the hell do we do now? Are you giving uh, are you giving props to Comcast? No, <laughs> no, because of what they've done before that." But I will say, I think that Dan Hilford is the right guy that they got in place there. And, you know, all you got to do to make a Philadelphian change their mind is prove them wrong. That's exactly right. You prove me wrong, well, I'll be damned. You got me. And it's a win for me. Yep. Yeah. I'd rather be wrong. I want to be wrong. Well, I mean, that's that's what it takes, you know. You know, I, I, I like people obviously who don't, you know, play here and don't live here, don't really understand how it works here, and it's pretty simple. If you come in, like, if you're a new player coming from somewhere else and you come into Philadelphia, we just expect you to to, to give it your all. 
and I that's mean, that's all we ask for. Well, that, that's another thing too. Go, going back to the whole Cutter Gautier situation, yeah. I mean, um, Scotty Hartnell went on the uh, on Spit and Chicklets not too long ago, and it, it seemed like he was just upset that he wasn't going to have a guaranteed, you know, spot on the roster playing and all after Danny Briere took over. Um, I'm not sure if Chuck Fletcher promised him this and promised him that. Um, but even at this point, like, it, it, you're a kid still. And a, a lot of people don't realize that. And looking back when I was younger, I thought the same thing. Like, oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. It's like, no, you're not. You're, you're, you're a kid. You're yeah. a kid. I'm, I'm 28. I'm still a kid. You know, I'm, I'm not quite anymore, but I still don't know everything. And I think that comes with maturity, but the move that he made lacked maturity. And I'm not trying to rehash the whole entire thing, but that's why it went down the way that it did. It was just an immature move. Whoever was in your ear was not giving you sound advice. I mean, John LeClaire is one of the most decorated American hockey players ever. You're going to sit here and tell me that you're just going to blow him off entirely and not even pick up the phone. And when the guy flies to your door, right. flew to your door, you tell him to F off. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure other veterans in the NHL don't pick up on that. Not like, hmm, maybe the kid got some character concerns. Maybe he's a me, me, me guy. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think, you know, going high in, in the NHL draft can can do that to a to a young person. Um and the thing, the thing with like ha- having someone in his ear, a 19-year-old brain is a very, it's malleable as hell. It's yeah, it's malleable. That's the right word. It's it's you know, it's easy to manipulate. Um, so, you know, I'm not I'm not saying, you know, someone's be like someone's behind like pulling the strings and all that. It could be happening. We don't know. Um, but it's you know, a 19-year-old brain is very, is very uh easy to manipulate. So. It could have happened. We don't know, but or they're very stubborn. I mean, and this is what I'm getting yeah. at. If he, if he didn't want to be a flyer, that's why they got him out. And I, I think what they want to do is bring in players that truly do want to be with Philadelphia, yes. grow. And the thing that I missed most of all from watching the Flyers from a very young age is you bleed orange and black. Absolutely. As soon as you put that jersey on, it is another brand of yourself out there. Like, it, it was just a fun time to grow up watching the Flyers because you saw what Flyers hockey was all about. Now, it wasn't Broad Street Bullies Flyers hockey, but it was still aggressive, yeah. fast pace. You know, it, there was some bully ball out there. I mean, you know, you, there's a lot of hits, there's fights. I mean, We're, the fights have decreased at this point. Yeah. At, at this juncture of hockey, there's not as many. Uh, like, and for example, like the Flyers aren't sending out a guy. Like back in the day, they would send out Jody Shelley whenever they wanted to rile somebody up and fight. Right. <laughs> they they don't do that much anymore. But it's you know yeah it, we're we're a passionate fan base and we just want to see the same passion from our players. That's it. That's all we ask for. Yep. But on that note, 
I think we've reached our destination for the day. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Philly Bandwagon Podcast. Go to phlsportsnation.com for all your Philly sports wants, needs, and desires. Go to the podcast tab. Go to the PHL Bandwagon. You can find us on Spotify there. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever podcasts are available or most likely there. If not, shoot us an email at phlthebandwagon at gmail.com. You can also DM us on X or follow us on X as well at the PHL Bandwagon. We share weekly polls. We really do enjoy your engagement. Some of your arguments are also hilarious, so I'd like to point that out. <laughs> if you'd like to follow me, I'm at PHL Ryan Michaels. You want to follow Chip, he's at PHL Chip Tiernan. We share our episodes weekly on X and on Facebook. We don't share our polls on Facebook because their polling system is hot garbage. Um, Instagram, not coming anytime soon, but what is coming anytime soon and what is already existing now is the Wag Shop. You can get your TBW merchandise, get a hoodie, hat, t-shirt, whatever you want is there. The hoodie is comfy, comfy, comfy. It's warm too, and it's freezing right now. So maybe, maybe, maybe grab one because it would be sick and we would appreciate it. And if we see you in it, you're going to have some random stranger come up to you and say hi. One randed bearded stranger. One of them is 6'5". One of them is barely not six foot, but <laughs> we will say hi. Just so you know, I'm six five, by the way. I'm five eleven and three quarters. It sucks. <laughs> it, like it, it sucks so bad. Just I, I would just love to put the six on the driver's license, but I can't. My driver's yeah. license has never just it's never been updated from high school. I just never tell them to update my height, so it's just wildly wrong. Yeah, I think mine is. Six three. I think I was well. I was seventeen when I got my license. I think I was six three. So yeah, my height is from when I was uh sixteen. It was from my learner's permit, I believe. Yeah. I don't. I don't really remember. It's been so long, but I haven't had anything updated. It's been almost ten years since I got. That's sad. Oh, I'm old. All right. Now that you've made us feel bad, we thank yep. you for listening. It's our fault, honestly. <laughs> We've reached our destination. We'll see you at the next stop. Go Sixers, go Flyers, and for the love of God, birds, hire a competent coordinator. Please. And pay attention to linebackers. Address or, positions of need. Running backs please. aren't just a turn style. Maybe if you have a good one, keep them too. Resign DeAndre Swift, please.